0: Father, that's our desire today. It's your presence. Nothing else really matters. Your presence doesn't go with us, nothing else will take place. But we thank you today for your promised presence. And we ask you today, God, that as we worship you and as we lift up your name and glorify you today, we will become more aware of your presence, that we will see you, that we will know you. God, that our lives will be changed forever. We give you praise for this today in the matchless name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We give our worship team a good God bless you this morning. Sister Melissa for taking care of service on last Sunday and uh, I understand she done a wonderful job and there was no doubt about that at all. Um, We we were in uh, the Wheeling area and checking on the church there and Impact Church and is doing very well and in fact they're doing a outreach today to start a new campus in the Pittsburgh area and uh, so that's they are going to be expanding and so we look forward to that as well amen praise God if you have your Bibles today I want to to turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 Romans 8 and 16 and uh, want to read two portions of scripture there on this morning. Eight and sixteen. I want to talk to you this morning about moving forward. You know, sometimes you just got to move forward, and not feel like it, but you need to. Amen. Moving forward can shift from where you are to where God desires for you to be, and so. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with your spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. The glory that shall be. This present suffering will not even compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. The spirit itself beareth witness in our spirit that we are children of God. Yes, we have a witness on the inside of us. That tells us that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. We have been adopted. We have been born of his spirit. We are part of the family of God. And this enables us to know beyond any shadow of doubt that we are uh, the children of God, but also that we are connected, that we are accepted that we are forgiven, and we have this witness on the inside of us that we are born again. Because we are children of God, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. You see, children, uh, whenever they uh, have uh, the parents, are they are the children are heirs of the parents. However, the parents can determine what level that they are going to leave a portion of their possessions to the children. In other words, they are heirs, and so therefore they give possessions to the children individually. For example, a parents may decide to give one child the house and another child the watch. They are all heirs, but they did not receive the same portion. Are you with me? But whenever you are joint heirs, you receive the same portion. You receive the same measure. Joint heirs gets the same inheritance. And they share everything equally. And what belongs to one belongs to the other. No one has more than the other. And as born-again believers, we are joint heirs with Christ. We have the same inheritance that he had. Amen. What belongs to him belongs to us. Amen. What Jesus didn't have more than we have, neither did he have less than we have. But everything that has been given to Jesus has been given to you and I, that we may live a victorious life. Can you say amen? (coughs) You see, Today, we, we've got the perfect gift that God has given to Jesus. He has given that gift to us today, the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, we have connected to the one who has paid the price for everything that we need. You know, there are some people <clears throat> in life that, that we, don't, uh, we receive benefits from because we're connected to someone else. It has nothing to do with us, but it has to do with somebody else paying the price. It has something to do with some, every, someone else that is paying for it, and now they've received access to a thing. But because we are connected to them, they can take us into a place we would never have access to. And so what I'm trying to tell you is today that Jesus Christ paid the price. He paid it all upon the cross of Calvary. But because I'm connected to him, I have access into the throne room of God. I can go boldly into his presence today and cry, Abba, Father. I don't have to go as a worm. I don't have to go as a wretched sinner. I go redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, connected to Father God through his son that I have access and all I have to do is cry Abba Father and he is an ever-present help in the time of my trouble. Are you thankful for that today? Give him some praise. As a Christian, we are connected to the one who has paid the price so that we can have everything that the heavenly father has given us. Everything belongs to us. Say everything. Amen. Sometimes we do get this religious spirit in our head and we act act like, you know, we're the old wretched worm and we're all of this, but no, no, no. Everything that Jesus had, we have. Everything that he paid for is now ours. Amen. It's available. And the reason that it is available is because we have connected ourselves to Jesus. Amen. Let's look at verse 17. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, then joint heirs of Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. The latter part of this verse clearly states that we share everything, including his suffering. Suffering is as much a part of the inheritance as reigning is. If anyone ever tries to tell you that this walk with Jesus is painless and without resistance and without trouble, you need to get them checked in to some spiritual help. Because the reality of it is, is those who live godly shall, not might, not could, but shall suffer persecution. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. Amen. And so he, our Lord and Savior, he endured suffering. Please don't misunderstand me today and understand that Jesus suffered so that we have to go. We There are some things we have to go through, but Jesus suffered so there would be some things we wouldn't have to go through. But there is still a cross of our own to bear. And because he suffered the curse of sin on the cross, we don't have to suffer with that any longer. But we don't have to be under the burden of sin. But he broke that yoke off of us. Amen. On the cross, he suffered those 39 stripes. He took sickness, infirmity, and disease and bored it on the cross of Calvary. He took poverty and nailed it to the tree. Thank God the cross is there. And because of the cross, he suffered some things so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. But there's also an understanding that, that we have to walk this thing out. We will be hated for his namesake. Huh? Reviled and persecuted. But be encouraged. He said, blessed are they. Who are persecuted falsely for my name's sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. But we've got to be encouraged because Jesus Christ raised up from the dead. And there is no grave that could hold us down. If there is nothing that could hold Jesus down, then there's nothing that can hold us down. He got up and he was glorified, and we too are to be glorified. We are to enjoy the glory of God, the presence of God. This is part of God's promise to us. It's our inheritance that we raise up above all of the fear, all of the trouble, all of the sorrow. Yes, we will go through it, but we can rise above it. And We can overcome it. Because why? There is nothing impossible with God. He has created us in his likeness and his image. And what Jesus did, we can do. Amen. Three of you believe it. We can see this burden lifted. We can see the yoke destroyed. We can see the experience of our lives totally changed from bondage to freedom. From that of of, of fear to that of hope. We've got to know today that what the hope that Jesus brought into the world is for, for us today. That we can have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Romans 8 and 18 said, For I reckon... That the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. This verse tells us that the suffering we endure in our current situation is nothing compared to the coming glory. Amen. That will be revealed in us. Amen. It's going to be in us. The Bible said the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. How is that glory going to cover the earth? It's going to cover the earth through us. Amen. We're going to be the agents of glory. The glory is going to reside upon our lives and that glory is going to transform those around us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 confirms this by saying, For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Psalms said it like this. He said, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Amen. Amen. All these verses guarantee that the measure of our suffering is nothing compared to the measure of glory that shall be. The measure of glory we receive will always outweigh the measure of suffering that we go through. Throughout God's word, we read about the principles of sowing and reaping. We understand the law of seed time and harvest. And I believe that there's two major principles here that I want to look at this morning. Number one is this. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. In the natural, if you sow corn, you reap corn. If you sow beans, you reap beans. And this principle is also true in the spiritual realm. If you sow hatred you're going to reap hatred. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow forgiveness, you're going to reap forgiveness. This is a powerful principle. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. But the law is irreversible. It is unbreakable. You will never put corn seed in the ground and get tomatoes. You will reap what you sow. Amen. However, there is a seed that supersedes the law of whatever a man sows, he reaps. There is a seed that is not bound by the law. When What are you saying? I'm saying that the Bible says that there is a seed that when you sow it in tears, you don't reap tears. There is something different that comes about. You sow tears, but you reap joy. He gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. When we sow in pain, We reap in purpose. When we suffer, then we'll reap in glory. What is he say, telling us? He is saying to us that there is a harvest. There is a supernatural law that supersedes the law of the seed. And that is that when we do the will of God, when we do what he desires for us to do, we may sow in tears, but we reap the joy. We sow in pain, but we reap in purpose. We, we see the goodness of God. Why? Because as we are faithful in our sowing, sometimes... You don't have anything else to sow but tears. Sometimes you don't have anything else to sow but pain and sorrow but God isn't going to replicate that upon your life. He's going to bless you for your faithfulness in your sowing at any time. Amen. And because you were faithful in your sowing and all you had was tears, he's not going to allow that to be duplicated upon you. He's going to cause joy to be reaped in your life. He's going to take that pain and he's going to cause purpose to come out of your pain. What am I telling you? I'm telling you today that in harvest season God will honor you for sowing your seed in due season amen the second principle says that the seed always is smaller than the harvest you can hold an apple seed in your hand in fact you can hold an apple in your hand but the potential to produce thousands of apples is placed in your hand. As human beings, we tend to think that when we are in pain, that our pain is greater than anyone else's. That we go through more than anyone else has ever endured. It is only natural to feel that our pain is worse than other people's pain because it's our pain. Amen. And how many know pain is pain? No matter how rich you are, pain is pain. Doesn't matter how poor you are, pain still hurts. Doesn't matter if, if where you are and whatever level of life you're on, when pain comes to visit you, it is pain. Amen. And we know the weight of pain. I know there have been moments in my life when I've been so overwhelmed and so emotionally drained that it felt like that I would literally die. And I heard the word of the Lord. The weight of that suffering is not compared to the weight of glory that is coming. The children of Israel suffered for many years. In Exodus chapter 14, the Bible said the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? He said, tell uh, tell the children of Israel to go forward after hundreds of years of bondage pharaoh finally releases the children of israel from egypt's bondage and we see that they come out from underneath the slavery and the taskmaster But then he regrets it and he begins to change his mind and he decides to pursue them and to take them back into captivity. Israel found themselves in a difficult place. Here they were and the Red Sea was before them. Pharaoh's army was behind them and they were in the middle of a trap. They could not turn back and they could not go forward. The Egyptians had behind them Had reminded them of their past. It represented where they had. It represented 400 years of bondage and slavery. It represented them being uh, beaten and, and uh, putting tasks upon them that were impossible to meet. So that they could only be beat another day. So they would break, make brick out of mud and, and mortar. And we see today that this is where they were at. They were in the land of bondage. They that Somebody told them when to get up. Someone told them what to to do all day long. Someone told them when to go to bed. Their life was not their own. They were in a place of bondage. They could not go back to that. But yet before them was a Red Sea of impossibility. I want to tell you today that all of us come to these places in our life. We have a choice to make. We can go back to sin. We can go back to the world. We can go back to where we were. We can go back to the way we where we're living. We can go back to the way that we're doing things. But every time you make a choice to rise up and move from where you're at, the enemy is going to begin to attack you. He's going to try to get you in your mind to tell you it is not worth it to just stay where you are or even go back to where you have come from. But I want you to know that your purpose is not behind you. Your destiny is not behind you. It is ahead of you. And the only thing you can do is get up and move. You've got to move forward into your future. You've got to move forward into your God-given destiny and purpose and realize that I'm not here where I need to be. I've started this journey. I've started this uh, thing out. I began to walk with the Lord and now I've come a mighty long way. Aren't you thankful God has brought you a long way? Amen. The enemy may doubt cause you to doubt it there'll be days in your life you'll wonder is it worth it can I cannot be real with you but I want you to know that in the midst of it right in the middle of it right in the middle of the situation right in the middle of the circumstance you've got a choice to make you can go back to your past or you can rise up and face your Red Sea because on the other side of your Red Sea is your future on the other side of your Red Red Sea is your purpose and your destiny that you will never fulfill or you will never know by going back, amen, and eating the, uh, the onions and the garlic, praise God. But when you rise up out of the fear and begin to face your Red Sea, God will rise up on the inside of you and will take you to the other side. The Egyptians were behind them representing their past. The Red Sea was before them representing their future. And both of them were scary. They looked ahead and their future looked impossible. How are you going to cross a Red Sea? How are you going to swim across a sea? If they had stepped into their future, it would be death by drowning but if they went back to their past it would be impossible for them to live generation after generation knowing nothing but bondage as they looked behind them they seen the past was impossible to obtain their future Egypt had a powerful army They had horses and chariots. Israel had no military. They had no training. They had no way of knowing how to fight mighty armies. Nor did they even have any weapons. If they were to retreat and went back, they would never know what God had for them in their future. It would be death by bondage. Seemingly, there was no no resolve here. Seemingly, there was no hope here. Have you ever been there? Three of you. Amen. Have you ever been there when your past was bondage and the future looked like a Red Sea? Amen. And we see that we've been there in the midst of it all. All of us have a past. We all are acquainted with scary stuff. We've been through some things that we never thought we'd make it through. There's sometimes in your life whenever you, you amaze yourself that you even made it. And someone will ask you, how did you even come through it? How did you even make it? And you have to look back over your shoulder and be honest and say, I don't know. It was the grace of God. It was his goodness and his mercy, Right? And we've been through some trouble and tribulation and we've experienced hopelessness and disappointment and we've all known betrayal and rejection. But as we look back, it's amazing to see the faithfulness of God that as Andre Crouch wrote many years ago, through it all, through it all, you can learn to trust in Jesus and you can trust in God. Through it all, you can depend upon his word. Amen. Somehow he brought you through. Somehow you became a testimony that in the middle of this test, you refused to give up and held on to the word of God. God held on to the promise of God we all have testimonies of how far we have come our hearts are filled with the thanksgiving toward the Lord because of all he has done in our lives but more than likely all of us are acquainted With difficult situations that we confront in our future that are intimidating. One filled with just seemingly impossible situations, one after another. And after bringing us through so much, it's frustrating to look ahead with fear and say, how am I going to cross this Red Sea? Thank you for delivering me from Egypt's bondage. Thank you for delivering me from a wicked taskmaster. Thank you for your faithfulness in the past, but how am I going to overcome this Red Sea? There are some battles in which we don't have to get involved in. We engage some with conflict. We engage some with with resources, connections, knowledge, prayer, praise. But during these struggles, it's comforting to know that we don't have to fight every battle. It's comforting to know that there are some battles that God does not fight with us... He fights for us. That we don't have to get involved in. That, that, that he says the battle is not yours. It is mine. These battles are beyond our conventional wisdom. They're beyond our ability to pray through. They're just too big for us. But these times God steps in and begins to fight for us. We all have to do this. We all have to hold our peace. And the Lord will fight for us. Sometimes we need to stop asking God to help us fight and just let him do his thing. One of the most difficult things that you will ever do is hold your peace. Amen. It's the most difficult battle uh, thing that you will ever do. You can cut somebody quick and fast in a hurry. Huh? You You can beat somebody down real fast and in a hurry. But the most difficult thing there is to do is keep your mouth shut. I often said pastoring would be so much easier if I could just tell everything I know. Oh yeah, but there is an art to keeping your mouth shut and let the Lord fight your battle. Just allow him to work his work and take you across to the Red Sea because if you learn how the master the art of just being quiet some way, it may not be on our time because I've told God how late he is. I've told God, God, you've got to hurry this process up, but it don't seem to bother him at all. But this one thing I know, that if I hold my peace, the Lord will fight the battle. Amen. The Lord will take us over to the other side. Praise God. What what was Israel's part? Amen. To move forward they didn't have to fight they didn't have to war they didn't have to bring and learn how to to do warfare they didn't have to go buy military weapons they just hold their peace amen and move forward God told Moses he said what are you bringing this to me for he said I, did I not lead you out of bondage did I not lead you out amen from the, underneath the hand of the taskmaster?" he said now just keep on moving forward forward. I know the Red Sea is scary. I know it looks fearful, but just tell the children of Israel, don't be discouraged. Amen. Don't get caught up in the dialogue of discouragement. Don't let all these things of your life just keep moving forward. Just keep pressing, pressing, pressing. Keep pressing toward the mark. Keep pressing toward your future. Amen. And whenever you do, God is going to show up. He he will reveal his glory you see that the priest had to put their foot in the water before the waters rolled back If you don't ever get close enough to the Red Sea, if you allow it to scare you, then you'll stay where you are. But you got to get close enough for God to come through. And when you put your foot in the water, you've got to have faith and say, if I get wet, I get wet. But I'm not about to stay here another day. I'm going to allow God to fight my battle, but I'm going to move forward. I'm going to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. So what do you do? when your future is as scary as your past? What do you do? You run into it. You run into it. I'm almost done. When your future is scary as your past, you run into your future because you know what's in your past but you don't know what's in your future yet. All you know is this, that if the enemy has placed a red sea before you, then there must be something of great value on the other side of the sea. Amen. Do you remember a little shepherd boy by the name of David who went to his brothers with some cheese only to find them scared of their future? Amen. They were scared of their future because their enemies had held them at bay. There was a giant by the name of Goliath. He was big. He was bad. He was scary. He didn't even have to have a Halloween costume. He had six fingers and six toes. He was a big man. And he would roar with temptation or with fear. And he would put fear in the hearts of Israel as he would roar morning, noon, and night. And he would call for someone to fight him. And when David, the cheese deliverer, showed up, he heard this cry out of this great giant. And he asked the question, who is this that's defying God's army like this? And and they said this is this is a uh, Goliath the son of Gath. He he is so great. He is so intimidating that nobody wants to go out there and fight him. But David said I'll go fight him. <clears throat> Amen. I will go and fight him. Why was David willing to go fight him because he had a scary past. <clears throat> He didn't have it all together. He didn't have everything for his favor. You remember one day he went out there minding his own business and a lion come out. Huh? He was out there taking care of his father's sheep and a bear comes to devour them. And David takes them on and he destroys them. His past was scary. He had already defeated a lion. He had already defeated a bear. And now this Philistine that rises up is scary. But David knows the God that delivered him from the bear and the lion was the same God that would deliver him from this scary future. Amen. And we see David rising up and we won't go through it all but Saul offers his armor. He says that won't work for me. It might work for you but won't work for me. Do, Do you know that everything that works for other people may not work for you. But there is something that God will place in your hand. There is an anointing that God will put on you. Amen. And David was a man, that a young boy that just had a slingshot, but he was anointed with that slingshot. Amen. And he runs. He doesn't go. He sees Goliath and the Bible says, read it in your Bible. He doesn't cower down. He doesn't slip through the trees. He runs to Goliath. And here Goliath, he is roaring out he said I you, I call for a man to fight and you send me a little boy he said I'll rip him apart I'll feed his flesh to the fowls of the air I'll do this I'll do that I, I, I. amen and David came to him and he said you've come to me with a spear and a sword but I've come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts praise God I want to tell you David wasn't going there with warfare he wasn't going there with weapons he was going there in the name of the I want to say to you today, you can face your fiery future, amen, with the name of the Lord. And he will cause you to overcome the Red Sea experience. He will cause you to bust through your Goliaths in your life. And faith will arise in your heart and say, I am here today, not in my own might, not in my own power. But I'm here today in the name of the Lord of hosts, amen. If you're thankful for that name, give him some praise praise this morning David's Goliath was scary but David didn't run and hide he ran toward Goliath in the name of the Lord I challenge you today to make a decision to run toward your future it may look scary You may have struggles with fear and anxiety but instead of asking God to take the fear away ask him to turn it in your favor. Because what I found out is fear can be your friend. Fear can paralyze you. It can cause you to stay between the enemy and the Red Sea the rest of your life and you never know the purpose for which God has for you. It can drive you back to your past and leave you behind. It can cause you also to get to your destiny quicker. Don't let it paralyze you. Don't let it drive you back but allow it to be a force that causes you to run into your future and say, I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm moving into my purpose. I'm moving into the call of God. I'm moving into the heart of God. I'm moving into the thing that God has for me and my life. Someone here today May be in between, in between your past and your future, and they 're both scary. but I encourage you today to run into your future and leave your past behind. Amen. Allow the hope of glory, the weight of glory that you going, the persecution, the frustration. All of the things that the enemy places against you. All that you've gone through, don't allow it to be wasted. Amen. Because he promised there is a far greater glory than the suffering that you've been through. You went through all that you went through so you could get here. see his glory see his purpose see his destiny for your life don't run away run to and see the salvation of the Lord